For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Colts fans. Welcome to the Believe in Indianapolis Colts podcast. I'm your host, Jake Arthur, here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Be sure to never miss an episode of the show here by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. It would be greatly appreciated. Thank you for joining me today, guys. On today's show, we'll talk all about the Colts' beatdown of the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday as the Colts came out on top 28-11. They were back at home in front of the Lucas Oil Stadium crowd of 2,500. They were looking to even up their record to 1-1 after going 0-1 last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Going into the game, they were without starting tight end Jack Doyle, who was out with a knee and ankle injury, and then also starting cornerback Rocky Sin, who was a surprising name to pop up on the inactives list, uh, but it turns out that he came down with a stomach bug that morning, so uh, just to take some precautions, they uh, scratched him from the game, and afterwards, Coach Reich said he was just kind of being evaluated at an area hospital. Mo Alley Cox, who is already a co-starting tight end with Doyle, stepped into the tight end one role with Doyle out, while Noah Tongiai stepped into Alley Cox's normal role. Uh, Tongiai being a guy who is uh, mostly presumed to be an athletic joker tight end type, actually did quite a bit of blocking like Alley Cox normally would do. Uh, so that was good to see him kind of step into a role that was maybe a little unexpected for him but also perform well at the same time. And with Doyle out and Allie Cox stepping into that top tight end role, uh, anyone else on the on the Colts roster at tight end was a rookie, and that includes the practice squad. Uh, Tongi I was a rookie. Uh, they had Farad Green on the practice squad, as well as Charlie Damoy Payao on the practice squad. They wound up elevating Farad Green uh, onto the active roster so they can have an extra body there although they didn't quite need him. Uh, might, might have played a little special teams. And then as for Yasin's spot, they had TJ Carey, who they picked up in the offseason. They had him primarily play Yasin's role on the outside at cornerback. Offensively, the Colts took care of business. Their plan of attack was obviously to run the ball down Minnesota's throat. Uh, they apparently thought they could take advantage of Minnesota's defensive line, which they did. Uh, overall, the Colts had 354 yards of offense on 67 plays, which is good for 5.3 yards per play. They dominated time of possession, uh, 38-25 to Minnesota's 21-35. Through the air, the Colts had 203 yards on 25 pass attempts, and then they added another 151 yards on the ground on 40 carries. I think that's probably exactly how they'd like their offense to look 
on a normal week uh, yardage wise. Although they'd probably like to even out the run pass ratio a little more to maybe 30 passes and maybe 30 to 35 carries. They were 3 of 11 on third down, which is not great at 27.3%. But each time the offense punted, the defense did a great job of bailing them out. The defense responded to the offense's two punts with a safety and an interception. So they definitely kind of canceled that out. Uh, the Colts offense also made up for one of those missed third downs by converting their only fourth down attempt of the day. The Colts were two of four in the red zone for 50%. Uh, one of those fails was a fluky interception, and the other one resulted in a field goal, so it could have been much worse. Uh, kicker Rodrigo Blankenship nailed all four of his field goal attempts from 28, 38, another 38, and 44 yards, as well as all of his extra points. Uh, last week, you may remember, he missed a 20-yard field goal, so it's good to see him rebound and have a pretty big kicking day. Uh, the passing game was pretty modest overall. Phillip Rivers threw for 214 yards with a touchdown and an interception. The interception wasn't really his fault. Um, he put it right in Mo Ali Cox's chest, and it just bounced off Ali Cox's chest and into the hands of the defender. Uh, Rivers was sacked a couple of times, one of which was by an old foe in former Jacksonville Jaguars defensive end Yannick Ngakwe, who is now with uh, with the Vikings. I'm sure you heard us talk a bit about him on the last episode. Uh, on that sack, he just had Anthony Costanzo beat from the jump. That just never really had a chance. and He was actually able to strip it from Rivers, and it was luckily uh, recovered by Braden Smith. Allie Cox bounced back from that uh, that drop pass to have a huge day. Uh, five receptions for 111 yards. And that one game, that was uh, generally about his whole season stats in each of those last two years. Uh, so he had an enormous day, and, and it's certainly a positive sign of things to come in the future. Uh, Phillip Rivers obviously likes throwing his way, and, and he told head coach Frank Reich as much before the game. Uh, rookie Michael Pittman got a little more involved this week, uh, just had a couple catches in week one, but he had four for 37 in this matchup. And then Zach Pascal brought in Rivers only touchdown on the day on a little two yard play near the goal line. Uh, running back Jonathan Taylor was a stud today. He was their workhorse. Uh, he carried the ball 26 times for 101 yards and a touchdown. It was his first career start after Marlon Mack went down last week with his Achilles injury. He also added two catches for nine yards. Uh, he didn't break any huge runs, but he just kind of beat the, the Vikings front seven up, just down, marching down the field, runs of, you know, four, five, six yards, and pushing the ball past the, the first down marker. Uh, once Taylor had had a, a ton of runs, uh, you know, over 20 carries, uh, into the third quarter, uh, late in the third quarter, Jordan Wilkins started to take over a little bit, uh, adding nine of his own carries for 40 yards. We definitely didn't see as much of Naheem Hines on offense as we did last week. Uh, he obviously scored the Colts' first two touchdowns of the week against the Jaguars, but we'll go into that a bit later. Uh, some of the biggest news of the day was an injury to wide receiver Paris Campbell. Uh, Second-year guy who had a pretty decent uh, game last week, leading the Colts in receiving yards. It was just the Colts' second play from scrimmage. 
Uh, he took a little end around uh, seven yards, and he was tackled kind of awkwardly by Viking safety Harrison Smith. And he immediately just started grabbing his knee and uh, was helped over to the sideline, carted off the sideline into the locker room. And, and just frustrating for a guy who could not stay away from the injury bug last, uh, last year. Early reports say it's not the ACL, which is great news because that's always the first thing you think about when you see a guy go down with that type of injury. And that's obviously a season ender if it were to have been an ACL uh, but the Colts are going to get him an MRI on Monday morning, and, and we'll know a little bit more after that. Uh, Frank Reich is scheduled to talk to the Colts media about 4 p.m. Monday, so we'll have more for you at that time on uh, on Campbell's status. On the defensive side of the ball, the Colts absolutely dominated. They held the Vikings to just 175 yards of offense on 47 plays, which is only good for 3.7 yards per play. The Vikings had 12 first downs and were just two of nine on third down and one of two in the red zone. Uh, the Colts also forced three turnovers, all of which were interceptions. Quarterback Kirk Cousins just had a, a brutal game. He went 11 of 26 passing, which is 42.3% for just 113 yards. Those three interceptions and he was also sacked three times for a passer rating of 15.9%. Uh, he hit his top target, Adam Thielen, three times for 31 yards on the opening drive, but they were never able to connect again after that. Cousins' 15.9 passer rating is the lowest against the Colts defense since all the way back in 2005 when Alex Smith was still a rookie for the San Francisco 49ers. That's crazy. I remember that game, but that was just so long ago. Uh, after the Vikings' opening drive field goal, uh, they had two straight punts, a safety, three straight interceptions by Cousins, uh, which was uh, pulled down by Kari Willis, TJ Carey, and Kenny Moore. And then they went punt, punt, touchdown. So they didn't score again since their first drive until their final drive of the game. Uh, not, not what you're looking for. Uh, the Vikings run game did all right. Uh, they carried the ball 18 times for 80 yards for a 4.4 average. Dalvin Cook led the way with 14 carries for 63 yards in the touchdown. Their outside zone run scheme is just not a great match for a defense like the Colts. Uh, that's just totally based on speed in that front seven. And then uh, guys in the secondary that are just really good tacklers. It's just, it was never going to be a good mix unless the Colts were just kind of breaking down defensively. Uh, linebacker Darius Leonard had six tackles on the day which gives him the most tackles in the NFL uh, over a player's first 30 games since at least 1987 before tackles started being an official statistic. Uh, previously, Patrick Willis of the 49ers had had the, the highest number with 295. So the maniac keeps making history there. Uh, newcomer DeForest Buckner had another solid performance, even more so than in last week. He wrapped up Cousins for a safety and totaled one and a half sacks on the day. He and Justin Houston met in the backfield later on in the game for, for a half sack. Uh, also making an impact was uh, rookie Julian Blackman, who stepped in for an injured Malik Hooker, who again, we'll, we'll kind of touch on that here in a moment. Uh, but it was Blackman's first action since he tore his ACL in the Pac-12 championship game back in December. Uh, he didn't get to play last week, but he was ready this week. 
And honestly, I thought he looked really comfortable. He looked instinctive. He looked like he knew what was going on in front of him. And the Colts could really use that at safety. I mean, they're losing a special athlete in Malik Hooker, uh, but they're they're now gaining another really smart safety to pair with Kari Willis. So, I mean, you, you never want to see anyone go down, but I don't think it's going to be the end of the world for them uh, losing Malik Hooker. They're, they're lucky enough that they drafted uh, Blackman in the third round when they did. And then so more on that injury and, and who Blackman is replacing. Malik Hooker went down, uh, I believe it was third quarter, uh, with what's presumed to be an Achilles injury. Like Campbell, he's he's going to have an MRI Monday so they can tell us more about it. If it if that's true, then he's probably you know going to have to miss the the rest of the season. We'll see about a postseason. Um, that's kind of an that's an injury that's not a death sentence anymore for a player. Uh, we've seen guys come back in in less than a year from that. Uh, but again, we're we're kind of putting the cart before the horse on that one, so to speak. Uh, but it's just brutal for a guy who's in a contract year. The Colts obviously didn't pick up his his fifth year option. So we'll see how that all all goes from here. Uh, expect to see more of Blackman and likely George Odom moving forward in that safety spot. Some milestones that the Colts achieved on Sunday uh, was with Jonathan Taylor and Mo Alley Cox both exceeding 100 yards rushing and receiving respectively. It was the first time the Colts have had a 100-yard rusher and receiver in the same game since Joseph Adai and Pierre Garçon both did that late in the 2010 season. Uh, Taylor is also the first Colts rookie to rush for at least 100 yards in a single game since Vic Ballard did that in 2012. Uh, The 175 total yards of offense that the Colts held the Vikings to, uh, that was the fewest yards that the Colts have allowed to an opponent since the Bengals in the 2014 season. Uh, If I remember correctly, the Colts... Uh, pretty much whacked Cincinnati 27-0 in that game. And uh, they would later go on that season to beat them in the wild card round of the playoffs at home at Lucas Oil Stadium. Now for our next segment, Philip B. Wilson and I from AllColts.com. He started a new series this week called the Jeers and Cheers. It's a, a little post-game, little post-game award and uh, roast session, I guess. But we also did a video for it. Uh, and here is the audio for our Jeers and Cheers selections. Hi, Colts fans. Philip B. Wilson here with Jake Arthur. After the Colts steamrolled the Vikings 28-11 on Sunday at Lucasville Stadium. And we introduced Cheers and Cheers with full proper credit to Jake Arthur for the name. <laughs> uh, it's our catchy way of looking at the good and the bad because there always seems to be good and bad. And, uh, yeah, we like to accentuate the positives for fans, but sometimes it's helpful to keep an eye on the other side, too. So we will swing it to that left screen and Mr. Arthur to give us his cheers for week two. Yeah, so after a game like that, you got to have a few options, right? Uh, So I'm going to start it out with Mo Alley-Cox with Jack Doyle out with knee and ankle injuries. That forced Mo Alley-Cox into the, the top tight end role this week. And after last week, the tight ends weren't too involved, and Minnesota typically does a good job against tight ends. So you didn't really know what to expect. Turns out Philip Rivers loves Mo Alley-Cox. Uh, went for over 100 yards on five catches. 
Uh, that was essentially each of his last two season totals in one game for him. So that was awesome. Huge kudos go to safety Julian Blackman. Uh, not only seeing his first action, but it's his first action since tearing his ACL in December. Uh, now it looks like he may be thrust into a role uh, at, at free safety moving forward. Malik Hooker was unfortunately injured, but Blackman looked really good. Uh, he looked comfortable and instinctive, kind of all the things that we thought when the Colts drafted him. Uh, made a couple big plays on the ball, wasn't afraid to tackle. I'll stick with one jeer, if you will. And it's the obvious one. T.Y. Hilton dropping a 44-yard touchdown pass. He dropped the last two passes Phillip Rivers threw in uh, the loss at Jacksonville. It disturbed me greatly that a four-time Pro Bowl wide receiver who's been talking a bit about how he can't be stopped has now dropped three passes in two weeks, including a long touchdown pass. I know apologists will say, oh, the sun was in his eyes. He was looking back over his shoulder and all that. You know, I don't want to hear it. It's T.Y. Hilton, folks. You know, Reggie Wayne taught me a long time ago, ball hits your hands, you catch it. No excuses. And T.Y. would probably tell you, you should have caught it. It's a beautiful pass. And uh, so that's my one jeer. There's some other things to be worried about, but uh, if you want to read that, you can read my uh, my analysis piece that I posted late last night that I haven't tweeted out yet. But uh, anyway, thank you, Jake. Appreciate your time. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Now I'll be answering some of your guys' questions that you were kind enough to submit me on Twitter. First up is from Ricky3. He said, can the person with the Paris Campbell voodoo doll please stop? He suffered enough. Well, buddy, I think I'd have to agree with you on that one. Uh, this guy has just had the worst luck when it comes to injuries in the NFL. He's obviously got immense talent when he's on the field, but this guy's got to be able to catch a break at some point. Next up, Steve Shepard. He said, why only nine snaps for Naheem Hines? I know they ran a ton, but nine seems low. And that's a good point, and that's that's something a lot of people have been wondering today, the day after. Um my justification for that is, uh, if I had to guess, I think the Colts probably thought the best mode of attack was to kind of kind of have a smash mouth between the tackles run game at that Minnesota defensive line that's just really thin right now. Uh, they, they've lost some of their best run defenders, so just pounding it down down their throat like they did made the most sense, and so therefore they used their their bigger most powerful backs in Jonathan Taylor and Jordan Wilkins. Uh, that being said, I don't expect that to be the case every week. I think Naheem Hines is definitely going to have his role. Uh, I think it's obvious seeing from week one. I mean, he caught eight passes and he scored the first two touchdowns of the game. So there's a role for Naheem Hines in this offense. Uh, I just, I guess it's not going to be an absolutely every week thing. Uh, next up is from Dalton James. He said, is uh, Blackman a future star? Uh, so I'll, I'll, he's only played one game, so I'll pump the brakes on saying he's going to be a future star. But I was a big Julian Blackman fan coming into the draft this year anyways. Uh, so I could see that happening, yes. But I'll, I'll just start by saying I think he's going to be a very smart, serviceable player. Uh, if, if he indeed is the starting free safety moving forward. I think the Colts are in good hands there. Uh, I think together with Kari Willis, that is a really smart, instinctive safety duo. 
Uh, so we'll see by the end of the year. I think we'll obviously have a much better answer on whether or not he'll be a star. Uh, but I, I certainly like what he's going to bring to the table regardless. Uh, next up is from Brett Olds. He said, how long until we can start being worried about T.Y. Hilton? That's a great question, man. Um, I mean, T.Y. Hilton has been very dependable over his career. Uh, he doesn't drop a lot of balls, even though he's a smaller guy, smaller hands. He, he's still able to bring most passes in. Uh, I, what you're alluding to, I'm guessing, is the two drops he had at the end of last week, and then he dropped that beautiful like 45-yard potential touchdown pass uh, early in the game against Minnesota. I, I don't know, man. I, I think uh, you know Rivers keeps targeting him a, a bit, not at the rate that we saw with like Andrew Luck, for example. Um, I, I think it's fair to be a little a little curious about what's going on there. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say give it you know a week or so more until you really want to hit the panic button and I think there's a difference between seeing you know maybe that he's a different player now or that he's just maybe rusty and working in with a new quarterback uh, so I'll I'll be careful by saying that I think it's time to panic um, but I mean right now does doesn't look great you know and, and by his standards either he would be the first one to tell you that he's not satisfied so. We'll, we'll stay tuned to that one. Next up, uh, friend of the Twitter account and now show Felipe Costa. Uh, he said, how big of a development was TJ Carey's play? Also, is it just me or did the offense actually play a bit better in week one? Was it really necessary to run so much or was it just because they played from ahead most of the time? Uh, so answering the question about TJ Carey's play, uh, I, I think that was pretty encouraging that he was just able to step in and play on the outside in Rockyson's absence. I think previously in his career, he's excelled most in the slot. Uh, and last week, he was part of giving up that uh, that touchdown to DJ Chark early. So I think it's encouraging that he looked better today. Absolutely. And again, especially playing on the outside rather than in the slot. And then uh, to... to jump on the topic of the offense last week versus the versus week two. Yes, obviously the offense seemed a little more productive overall in week one. It was a little more diverse with the run and the pass. Um, they obviously didn't cash in some of those times. You know, they had the, the couple turnovers and the missed field goal here and there. Uh, but I think this week, again, like I said earlier, yardage wise, it's probably how they want it to look. And I, I, I mean, I know it's not sexy when they're running for 150 yards, but they just know that's that seems to be when they're at their best. I mean, th think of all the games over the last couple of years the Colts have had. When they rush for 150 yards, they almost never lose. W without looking at it, I would say they've probably not lost when they've uh, hit that amount of yardage, other than that that Texans game in Houston last year. I just think that's that's what they like to do. They They know they have success when they do that. Uh, next up is from Vince. He says, Jacoby Brissett isn't good, but since the offensive line has started slow, was the threat of Brissett running last year partly responsible for good offensive line play compared to Phillip Rivers as a statue that the defense can pin its ears back against? Uh, kind of a loaded one there. Um, yes, obviously, Jacoby running the ball is more of a, you know, it's more of a threat with Jacoby as with Rivers, uh, even though Rivers did try to get it moving at one point um, this uh, this week. 
But, nah, I, I mean, I don't really think there's much of a concern with the offensive line. I mean, in, in week one, Nick Sirianni said it was one of the best pass protection performances he's ever seen. And Rivers did get sacked a couple times uh, against the Vikings, but I think one of them was a technicality when he did uh, flush out of the pocket. So I, I wouldn't really be concerned there. Next up is from Raj Kapoor. He said, with what we're assuming is a season-ending injury to Hooker, what are the options to build depth safety? And with Rocky Sin being ill, addressing cornerback depth would also be appreciated. Uh, so just with the Rock thing, I would imagine him missing the game Sunday was just a one-week thing. Uh, just got hit with a stomach bug that morning. It didn't feel well. I don't think there's any need to address his his placement any further because I, I would imagine he's he's going to be fine. Uh, and then as far as safety goes, I uh, wouldn't really be surprised to see them address it with maybe someone from the practice squad. Uh, look at someone like Donald Rutledge or, or something like that. But they were also in good shape with good depth already. Um, Malik Hooker and Kari Willis, you, you pretty you, you like you like those starters. But then they also had George Odom, Julian Blackman, Tavon Wilson looked really good in training camp. So I don't think there's anything to really worry about as far as safety depth. Uh, but just for the sake of you know replacing one of their guys who who is now presumed to be gone for the year. Yeah, you'll, you'll probably want to at least make a uh, practice squad move because they don't appear to need any help up at the very top. Uh, and then the notorious Doss is up next from uh, from Stampede Blue fame. He said, what's up with the low snap counts from Banigou? Uh That's a great question. Uh, I uh, The first thing I look at is the guys above him, you know, Justin Houston, Alquadine Muhammad, Danico Autry. Uh, there are clear plans for them. Uh, they're, they're able to contribute as pass rushers and against the run. They're, they're quality run defenders. You'd like to see a second-year guy like that get more playing time. But, you know, th- that issue just hasn't been forced yet. I, I don't. Maybe they haven't seen enough in practice to, to feel the need to, to boost up those snaps. But I haven't heard that directly asked. Uh, that's probably a good question for Matt Eberflus this week. Um, that actually makes me want to ask ask that now because it is a good question. Uh, but for now, I would say it's more about the guys they have above him on the depth chart doing what they need to do already. Next up is from Caleb Cox. Uh, he said, who has a better chance of staying on the roster for next season, Paris Campbell or Malik Hooker? Uh, the quick answer for me would be Paris just because, I mean, Malik is in a contract year. Um, so just... By default, he's currently not under contract for next year. Uh, Paris, I think they still will very much have a plan for him. If his injury isn't season-ending, then he'll be back you know, already, and, and hopefully they can pick up where they left off um, after a really productive week one. So m- you know, maybe they don't put as many of their eggs in the Paris Campbell basket with the injury history, but I still very much think they would like to have him around. Uh, Last question is from Lawrence Owen, uh, the host of the Colts Law Podcast. Uh, I recommend you guys check that out as well. Uh, Lawrence really knows his stuff. I've been on there a few times as well, so I think you guys will like that. His question is, I read that Pro Football Focus said the Vikings passing woes had nothing to do with the Colts' defensive pressure and that Kirk Cousins was only pressured on three passes uh, to go along with the sacks. And then he said, would you rather have great coverage or good pass rush? 
Uh, well, I'm, I'm not sure where they're coming from on that because the Colts defense was credited with 14 quarterback pressures on the day. Um, I think I think they did a pretty good job. I, I thought Kirk Cousins looked flustered pretty much the whole time, and he just went into gunslinger mode. Um, so I, I, I felt they got to him. They probably could have got to him a little more, I guess. Um, you can never have too much pass rush. Uh, but to answer your question on whether I would rather have great coverage or good pass rush, can never go wrong with either, but I would put it as great pass rush. Uh, that way you hurry up the quarterback's decision-making. We, we saw a great example of that on Sunday. Kirk Cousins, was he just seemed flustered and rushed and hurried, and he had to make a lot of errant passes. Um, sure, great coverage can, can make it so a quarterback has to wait longer in the pocket, but at the same time, having cornerbacks and safeties having to cover forever, the, the pass or the, uh, the route runner is going to get open at some point. So I would definitely rather have a better pass rush. Uh, that is, uh, that, those are your questions for this week, everybody. I appreciate those. Uh, I'll send out another call for them before the pregame show later this week, uh, for the jets game. But, I appreciate that. Keep those coming uh, throughout the week. That's it for today, guys. Thanks so much for being with me. Uh, Please remember to subscribe to the show and rate us on iTunes. We can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, and more. Uh, Be sure to follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Believe in Colts. That's B-L-E-A-V-I-N-C-O-L-T-S. And me personally, at JakeArthurNFL on Twitter and Facebook, as well as JakeArthur underscore on Instagram. As well as my written work uh, with Sports Illustrated on AllColts.com. If you guys have any other questions that you'd like me to answer on the show, please send them to me through email at BelieveInColts at gmail.com or respond when I send out the call for questions on Twitter. If you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Have a great day, guys. You'll hear from us again later this week on our preview ahead of this Sunday's matchup with the New York Jets. Take care. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.